And I wrote this list in my journal because I was about to turn 40, you know, and, and I guess everybody jokes about 40s, you know, that's you, all the, the balloons and the, the decorations all become black. <laughs> they're all black. It's like, right? it's like, yeah, they're like, this is it, you know. It's like you've got there. one foot in the grave and one foot yeah. on a banana peel. It's like, guys, that's it. It's I'm like, still here. I'm, li- I'm living as Christ and I'm almost dying, you know, for gain. <laughs> so it's like I'm there. And um, it was, that doesn't really, the age thing didn't bother me, but I kept thinking, I just wanted to think back, oh, what have I learned? Because I am in such a different place in mm. ministry mm. and even in my life. And one of the big things was uh, a mentor of mine years ago said, Robin, it takes a wise, uh, a wise man to know who he is and who he isn't and to be okay with that. Faith in the Folds, a podcast for ministry, biblical studies, and Christian living. I'm your host, Kevin Burr. Today we get to hear from Robin Goff, Associate Minister for the Fairfax Church of Christ in Fairfax, Virginia, just outside of Washington, D.C. Robin recently shared on social media a list of five lessons he's learned during his nearly two decades in ministry. I thought it would be fun to dig into this list with him and maybe gain a little bit of insight into life and ministry. I know you'll be blessed by what Robin has to say, and I want to say that I had a great time talking with him through all these things. If you're enjoying the kinds of conversations we're having here on the podcast, would you be willing to like and subscribe to Faith in the Folds? And would you consider sharing this with someone you think could benefit from these? And as always, thank you so much for tuning in today. Well, Robin, man, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. I really appreciate you taking some time out to uh, talk with us about uh, about this list that you shared on uh, Facebook uh, at the time of recording a few weeks ago. By the time this actually publishes, it'll probably be about like a month or so uh, from when you actually shared this. But before we get to these items, as uh, as fun and interesting as they are, can you tell us just a little bit about yourself, sort of how long you've been in ministry where where you're from what you're doing now help us get to know the one and only robin thank goodness (laughs) thank goodness um so i am a louisiana boy i was uh i've been in ministry almost 20 years now um wow if we count part-time worship ministry it's a little longer than that but it's been uh you know, uh, almost, it's been a wild ride. Started out doing worship and then went to full-time, had no clue what I was doing. Uh, no, my undergrad was at a state school in music. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing and yeah. God has worked through that. And where'd you go to campus. undergrad? So my undergrad was at university of Louisiana at Lafayette. Um, okay. I'm a, I'm a raging Cajun and, uh, right. you know, which works well because, you know, my family's from South Louisiana and then, you know, uh, you know, we're from the, the Cajun heartland, you know, shy, that's the way we do it. So, uh, so, um, I, I went to school there, met my wife there. Uh, she did not grow up and I mean, she was Catholic and wow. had no idea what it was going to be like marrying me and, uh, getting into ministry. And so, uh, been doing it though, for, uh, like I said, full-time for almost 16 years, mm-hmm. um, uh, 
it's been, I, I did campus ministry at LSU um, for eight and a half years. And now I'm in uh, Fairfax, Virginia. I've been here uh, since 2016, came here as a worship minister and just um, my role changed to associate minister. So um, yeah, it's, it's a wild ride. I really enjoy it. Um, you know how associate ministers work in most churches. They do all the things <laughs> that, you know, so, uh, but yeah. I, I get to, I get to preach more and that's something that I never thought I'd do, but really have found that God has, uh, pulled me that direction and I really love it. So, yeah, I, I'm essentially a, an associate minister here. My title is discipleship minister. I'm actually glad I don't have to do a lot of preaching. That's one thing I really enjoy and not having oh, to do very much. I'm actually at the time of recording, I'm having to preach on the upcoming Sunday. And last night I started to, I was telling my wife, I was like, I'm not having a panic attack, but my heart rate is elevated because I, I just, I haven't had to preach since like July or something when we left where I had been working to, to move down here. So, wow. To each his own oh, brother. <laughs> yeah, man. I, I, my, my grandmother used to say, Oh, you're going to be a preacher one day. And I said, no, I'm not. And, <laughs> and now here I am saying, Hey, I, I love to do this. This is great. I could and get away with this. Yeah. Yeah. It's so <laughs> odd. And I'm, I know, you know, she would go, uh-huh. Told you, you know? Oh, so, and that's the worst too. When they, yeah. when they're, they're so right. And like, it's not like you made a mistake. Right. And they said, well, you know, I, I, I told you if you did this, this bad thing was going to happen. It's like they they knew that you were going to honor God in this way. <laughs> I know. Like, oh, you can't even be mad you, at him because he's like, why do you have to be right? You're doing the Lord's will. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, I've been 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 uh, in northern Virginia. We're right outside of D.C. for almost five complete years. And um it's it's been great it's a whole new yeah. world up here and um yeah so, so like i i wasn't gonna spring this on you i wasn't expecting to ask you this question but since you since you mentioned it uh i wonder if you'd be willing if you could talk just kind of briefly about what have you noticed right so you're like growing up in louisiana um <clears throat> for those who don't know i'm from i'm from nashville tennessee currently living in corpus christi texas the, the, those are places, you know, from Corpus Christi, you know, through Louisiana up to Nashville and covering much of the South. That's the Bible Belt. Um, D.C. area starts to get you, I think, pretty square out of, out of what would be considered the Bible Belt. If you don't have a ton to say about this, that's fine. But I'm curious, what have you noticed that's different about maybe growing up and doing ministry in Louisiana versus doing it now outside of D.C. like that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, it is definitely different. Um, down south, I mean, even if people don't have an active participation in a body of, of worship, at least Christianity, mm -hmm. they at least have a general idea of who Jesus is. Up that, here, yeah, yeah, it's, it's very different. Um, like none of my neighbors around me are Christian. None of mm -hmm. them are Native um, North Americans. Oh, um, so it's very, it, the, the thing that I've realized about first when we moved here was that the Great Commission to go into all the world is a lot easier when you're in a place where the world is literally coming, <laughs> to, coming you. to you. Yeah. So uh, you. my neighbors next to me, uh, last year during pandemic, his mom, uh, the mother of the family, it's a husband, wife, and their older, their adult son who lived there. 
the mother flew back to India to go spend some time with her mom. And then she couldn't get back here for six or eight weeks because of lockdown. Yeah. Uh, the ones behind me are Korean um, mm-hmm. and uh, just moved in during the pandemic. And so it's just, you're, you're around so many different nationalities. Um, but down South, there's an assumption that people have a general idea of who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, they may not be a very good assumption or a very good idea, you sure. know. Uh, yeah. But one thing that I've also noticed is... Um, you know, when I was in campus ministry, I was working with, you know, college students all the time. And we were, we would, there was a lot of a lifestyle that goes with that alcohol and that sort of thing. Um, You would see that with college students. That's at least the stereotype of state schools, right? Right. Absolutely. And, and it wasn't across the board, but it would be there. Sure. Yeah. Um, But you would never see church members who are adults especially elders or anything talking about alcohol or drinking alcohol, because um, it was just very different feel about that. Um, Even though I was in Baton Rouge uh, here, Mm -hmm. there's, it's it's a little bit more relaxed in some of those things. And I know that's, that's, that could be a divisive issue, but it's just one of those things where you see where there's a difference between where the Bible belt is and here, you know? So it's just interesting. I, I don't know that that's, uh, always a good thing, but it's just, there are some differences there. Yeah. I've noticed that down here too, that we're on the very kind of on the very outskirts of what I think you can consider the Bible belt. Um, I, I mean, it'd be interesting to see sort of what, you know, some sociologists or, you know, study people who study religion consider the Bible belt, but probably because I think if I'm not, if I'm correct, uh, Corpus Christi is majority Hispanic, like it's like mm-hmm. 60 or so percent Hispanic. And with that tends, right, tends to come a Catholic influence that's not a one-to-one correspondence, uh, but it, it, it is common enough among Hispanics. And so there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of church influence down here, not necessarily, I think, due to, you know, being in the Bible Belt, but I think due in large part to, you know, the church, church influence from uh, Hispanic, particularly Mexican culture. I'm three hours away from Mexico. Yeah. Um, but it is also interesting because we're at the beach. I mean, I'm 20 minutes. My house is 20 minutes with traffic away from the Gulf Coast. Wow. And so we've got I mean, 20 minutes of traffic. That might get you down the street out of your neighborhood <laughs> near D.C., yeah. right? That's true. But uh, like we've got, you know, I've been mentioning alcohol in particular. That's it's funny how it has been a lot more laxed out here too, but at a place, you know, in, you know, like you mentioned in you know, Baton Rouge or your places where, where I've spent some time, Cersei, Arkansas, Memphis, Tennessee, places like that. Uh, yeah. There's still, there's still at least a public aversion to that kind yeah. of thing. It's a, it's a strange, uh, a, a strange thing, but interesting that you've noticed that up there too. Yeah, it's, it, it is, uh, I mean, you know, South Louisiana is not as, they're Protestant, but there's a heavy Catholic influence, especially yeah. in the Cajun world. That makes sense. Uh, in the Cajun, Acadiana. Uh, but it's, um, but it's, it's, it's still comes with, there's a certain aversion, like you said, a public aversion. Um, 
particularly whenever you're dealing with Protestants, you know, there's always the jokes about the Baptist and, 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 <laughs> and church of Christ, you know, but here that doesn't seem to be, doesn't seem to exist or it's here. It may be to some extent, but I, um, just things, but that's a, that, that's me almost like, a, uh, I don't know where the word I'm looking for, but where that's, that's a, a small little, piece of evidence that shows a much that, that's evident of a large much larger issues and things like that um it does, things tend to be very different so yeah yeah just and that's predominantly northern virginia you get to southern virginia actually you get 45 minutes southwest of where we are mm-hmm. and you cross over the shenandoah river and people start talking to you in a different way this the tea is naturally sweet i mean it's just <laughs> you hit back in the south you know so yeah yeah and I, and I can see that too. Yeah. The influence of, uh, of a place like DC, especially with his international draw. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Deal. Yeah. All right. Robin, you've, you shared on Facebook an interesting list of uh, some things that you have learned over the years. Uh, and like I, like I said earlier, I've got, uh, I've got that list. I've got it here. I'm taking notes. Um, Tell us a little bit about these five lessons that you've learned and uh, like what prompted you to share all these things. And if you don't mind, I'd love to hear you just kind of muse on some of these things as you know, bits of wisdom that you've gained over the years in ministry. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I mentioned earlier about how I went to a state school um, mm-hmm. and coming into ministry, um, especially in a college town. I, I didn't go into ministry first in campus ministry. Um, I eventually transitioned into that role um, in a different city. Uh, but when I entered, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, and I still don't, let's be fair. You know, I still <laughs> am just trusting that God is working through my, my uh, frailty and, you know, my imperfections. Mm-hmm. But um, there was this pressure that I always felt to be a certain person. And some of that becomes of uh, comes from my own personality flaws of I tend to be a little bit of a people pleaser. And hmm. um, and I wrote this list in my journal because I was about to turn 40, you know, and, and I guess everybody jokes about 40s. You know, that's you, all the the balloons and the, the decorations all become black. <laughs> they're all black. It's like, right? it's like, yeah, they're like, this is it. You know, it's like you've got there. one foot in the grave and one foot yeah. on a banana peel. It's like, guys, that's it. It's I'm, like, still here. I'm, li- I'm living as Christ and I'm almost dying, you know, for gain. <laughs> so it's like, I'm there. And, um, it was, that isn't really the age thing didn't bother me, but I kept thinking, I just wanted to think back, oh, what have I learned? Because I am in such a different place in mm. ministry mm. and even in my life. And one of the big things was uh, a mentor of mine years ago said, Robin, it takes a wise, uh, a wise man to know who he is and who he isn't and mm. to be okay with that. And I like that. You know, and I've wrestled with who am I for a long time. Uh, you know, I went to Harding School of Theology. Well, it was Harding University Graduate School of Religion at the time when yeah. I started, and they changed. And you were adjunct. Oh, uh, now you were the 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 GA for um, GA Greek. for Doctor Black. Yeah, you yeah. graded my Greek exams. I'm sure, and I've you know, it's I struggled to get through school because. I um, was trying so hard to keep up with appearance that I knew what I was doing. 
mm-hmm. as an as a campus minister, and I had no clue. I was just totally winging it. Uh huh. Um, yeah. And I wrote this list for myself because sometimes I have I I feel that I need to come back to it regularly, and it's something that's been developing in my head for a while. Um, you know, I like don't take yourself too serious was the first one I wrote because I. So number one, don't take number yourself one, sorry, too yeah. serious. Yeah. Yeah. The, the first one, I really was like, you know, um, like I said, I, I remember when I didn't know anything about anything. Um, I couldn't even tell you what the word exegesis means, but I knew I loved Jesus and I thought those two were connected somehow, right? <laughs> I need some extra Jesus. I know. And I was like, surely this is a good thing. Um, and I... I joked a lot. I had such a great sense of humor, sometimes a lot more immaturity, you know, and then I went to grad school and I got a degree and then I got into doing ministry and people would come and ask me questions. And I was like, well, this is great. I am a theologian and I'm not, you know, and, and, and I just, I just got to the point where I I was like, Robin, stop taking yourself so seriously. Mm -hmm. You're still, you're still Robin Goff. You're still that goofy kid from the middle of nowhere, Louisiana, you know, and you still don't know what you're doing. God is using you. Don't take yourself so seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I've really, one of the things I've really loved, this is side note, but I've loved the chosen oh, man. series. Hadn't, hadn't started season two yet, but we um, absolutely love season one. Oh my word. Um, I, what I love about it is this Jesus portrayal is that he doesn't, I mean, yes, he's he's fully God. Oh yeah, but his fully man isn't that he's always so serious because all the Jesus portrayers are always so stoic, you know. And you're yeah. waiting for them to do the the hand signals and you know that are in the paintings. <laughs> and and here yeah. here he is just going, well, it's time to learn something new, you know. It's right. just great, and he laughs and jokes and anyhow. I so well his not, is episode so like, serious. Sorry, sorry to to butt in. Nope. Um, the Chosen, which is available on YouTube. They've also got a free app uh, that you can get on your phone or you can buy the DVDs. Uh, they have, it was for episode three, season one, episode three. They, you know, take some artistic license, right? You know, seeing mm-hmm. Jesus interact with children. And, you know, like the way he does is like, oh, this Jesus is funny. This Jesus does kind of stuff that I do with my boys and they're young. Yeah. <laughs> yeah this is fun. This just- is fun. I just really associated with him very much. And I was yeah. like, okay, maybe, yeah. I mean, and I know it's, it's artistic license. I get that. But sure. at the same time, like, don't take yourself too seriously. It's life, it's humbling. life is too short. It is. Yeah. It's humbling not to, or it's humbling to, to realize that you are still God's instrument, right? It's mm-hmm. not up to you so much. It is. Your God working through you to bless others. Yeah. And that, that, you know, Paul's words, um, particularly in, as he's talking about wrestling with this thorn in the flesh, just continue to echo in my head that here is the apostle Paul. I mean, in all of his letters, Romans seven, I mean, my goodness, I I do the things I don't want to do. And the things I do do, I don't, you know, I'm wrestling with this, this tension of being human and, and then going, you know, God's grace is sufficient. I don't need to try to be 
and for me, it was don't try to be all things to all people. Like, mm-hmm. and I know that well, how Paul meant that was different than how right. I mean it. I don't need to be theologian. I don't need to be, I mean, I'm not trying to pretend I'm the Bible project, you know, <laughs> there are people like guys, you yeah. who are, you know, theologians and scholars. Whereas I, on the other hand, I go, I have a place on the wall. God has put me on the wall to serve my role here. And it, it's not your role. It's not my, it's not somebody else's role. This is where I am serving. And um, I can't be on every portion of the wall and it's okay to do that. So, yeah, I like that. Good shout out to the guys from the Bible project too. Uh, Tim Mackey, if you're listening, uh, we love your stuff. <laughs> yes, we do. And we would love I don't a know that you would be listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, we, we would like right. to have some nerdy conversations. <laughs> would, uh, would love to be, uh, love to have you on the podcast someday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like, uh, I like that. Don't take yourself too seriously. Number two. Uh, do, I wrote, do you have the list there in front of you? <laughs> I do. Okay. Uh, be completely present with people. And I totally, when I wrote that, I put completely in all caps. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and once again, this stems from my own insecurities that uh, when I was younger, I was trying so hard to think about how am I going to say something to make, to impress them? Uh, or how am I going to, I need something really funny to say. And so I wasn't I wouldn't hear what people actually said. I wasn't listening. I heard them, but I didn't hear them. Yeah. Um, and so now that, you know, I've married, I have four kids. It's even more of a challenge oh, for wow. me to sometimes mm-hmm. go be present with your kids. And I remember Landon Saunders in a lecture years ago um, uh, when I was taking a class, I think it was uh, counseling, basic counseling skills class counseling with Dr. Skills. Ed Gray at HST. Yep. And we had to listen to this lecture And Landon Saunders talked about Jesus being a radical human presence. And that has stuck with me all these years um, that I don't need being completely present with people does not mean that I'm in my mind trying to figure out what am I going to say? How am I going to argue this? But more of just, let me just listen to them. Let me, it's not about me. It's about them, but also bringing God in that moment and saying, God help me to be like Jesus in this place. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's hard. Um, But it's just, it's, that's, I've learned that too. It's just, I don't stop trying to less of self and more of more of God. And in doing that, I am reflecting his image to them when I am being present with them. So, yeah. How have you noticed this play out in your ministry? Like when you're when you're more present with someone versus when you're just ready to either kind of get over, like get done with the conversation or get to lunch or something like that. Have you seen that play out in your ministry before? I have. Um, particularly, I went and became a, a coach. I went through coaching training because I just needed another, I wanted another tool in my belt. And it was dealing with this particularly that I found it very powerful that whenever I am present with them and I am, I am asking questions that are probing questions, questions to how oh, you said this, can you help me understand that a little bit more? Mm-hmm. Um, even when there were times when I really was like, I really would like to go be done with this conversation. Um, if I would just in my mind say, God, help me to be present. And I would, and I would, Ask those questions. Many times what I found was if I just hung in there just a little longer, we could get to the spiritual depth of what was happening. Okay. Yeah. And that was, that was 
that was powerful for me. That still didn't help me alleviate my human desire to be like, <laughs> okay, re- really got to go to lunch, you know? Yeah. But, um, but what I found is in doing that, people, uh, let me backtrack. What I have found in doing that is that the Holy Spirit works in those moments and it's, it's how they, it, the Holy Spirit works in their life, but also in me to be able to go, you know, when it, when it's more blessed to give than to receive, if I am giving more of my time to them, I'm blessed by that. It's not just money. It's also my presence, my mind. And, and um, that when that happens, the Holy Spirit's working in their lives, but I, it's such a blessing to see that happen. It doesn't yeah. always happen that way, sure. but, um, but it has been very powerful when it has. Yeah. Yeah. There, there really is something powerful about asking God for something that you would also be willing to give, whether it's time, money, opportunities, help, mm-hmm. something along those lines. I've seen that. I've seen that become true in my own time in ministry as well, that if I'm, if I'm going to ask God to help me in this way or to do something like that, I, I really ought to be willing to extend whatever it is yeah. to somebody else. Yeah. Me Which, completely present yeah. with people. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I, and I was going to say, and that really feeds into what the third one was on my list. Yeah. Gr- natural uh, segue. I like it. I know. That was, that's great. <laughs> Man, you're Kevin, you should have a podcast. This is all. <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, <laughs> but the third one was to be gracious <clears throat> to others because you need them to be gracious to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feeds well from that. Um, I, yesterday, uh, this past Sunday. It's now Wednesday. So I preached on grace. Um, and I said that I really love the grace of God for me. I love to take it and just wrap it up like a blanket and just go, God, I'm so thankful for your grace. I have a really difficult time showing that grace to other people. Mm. Um, you know, when someone comes and has a uh, inflammatory comment right before church service, like I just like, God, if you ever were going to strike people down or send angry bears, now is the time, you know? And uh, do you, do you get those too? Oh my word. Had one on this Sunday when I was preaching on grace. Mm-hmm. And I realized that night that everything that I said in that sermon about not extending grace to other people had happened because of that mm. uh, or, or not because of that, but that was a clear test for me. And I went, Robin, you just preached about this and you just spoke about this. And that's what you were dealing with right then. And yeah. let go of that, you know, because we can, I don't know what it is about derogatory comments or, you know, um, when people give us constructive criticism, you know, it, it's more deconstructive criticism. <laughs> um, yeah. That hangs on, we hang on to that so much more than we do, hey, the affirmations, the positive things that happened. I mean, I hung on to some negative things from that interaction with somebody. I don't even know who they were. They just, you know, immediately went into where's the biblical authority for, you know, fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And they had been in the building five minutes. Whereas we had somebody who showed up for the very first time. He said that he had not been in church in years Mm -hmm. and felt that he needed to be here this morning. And after that, after service told one of the elders that, you know, 
it was the message he needed to hear and that he he'll be back Sunday. I mean, it's just those kind of things. And you go, yeah. we should be celebrating what happened here. But for some reason I'm wrapped up in this because I have a harder time extending grace to those folks and going, you know, let me pray for them. Let me just say, God, I, I pray that your blessings on them, even though our interaction was not great. May you yeah. bless them. And that's harder. And so for me, that was a, that was something that I learned, um, have learned and haven't perfected, but still am learning to be able yeah. to extend, take the, the grace that God gives us is hard to fathom um, that we can't do anything to earn it, that we can't do anything to repay it. He freely gives it. And it's so much more difficult for me though, to freely give that same amount of grace to people because of yeah. my human frailty. So, and this is only slightly off script. Why do you think it is so easy for us as ministers to hang on to those negative comments rather than, rather than to um, more quickly look for and celebrate the positive things? Um, I think pride. I think that we, in our own minds, um, and this is, I'll speak for Robin. I know that I um, feel, can, ver, can feel pretty confident in my own abilities. And I can feel pretty confident in the fact that, you know, I've studied and I've got ministry experience. And when somebody does something that kind of disrupts that train, I react negatively. And there can yeah. be positive things, which you would think in pride that you want to hear all these positive affirmations but for some reason, those negative stick. And I don't know, the Apostle Paul seems to deal with a lot of criticism. I mean, he yeah. speaks wonderful things, but you know, Second Corinthians and Galatians. And I mean, he's just going, hey, what? Uh, I'm you foolish Galatians. I mean, who tricked you? Um, he responds to criticism as well. So I, I think it's just part of the human condition, but I don't know. There's also a lot of, Oh, I should have said this. I should have said this. Oh, I wish, I wish I'd have said that. And, yeah. and it's just, it's a sin nature, I think in me that I want to fight. Um, and I want to be right. Yeah. I think that makes sense. It's uh, it's very easy, right? It's, it's strangely all too easy. Maybe, maybe some of us would rather believe the negative things about ourselves maybe as some sort of overcorrecting safeguard to not not feel prideful maybe um but maybe maybe we also want to hear yeah and maybe we want to have those maybe we want to believe those kinds of things in order for somebody to say no 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 that's actually not true you're actually doing a really good job because of x y and yeah. z it's a i I'm not uh, any kind of uh, you know, counselor or anything like that to dig that deeply into the, into the psyche of ministers, but yeah. I, those questions are at least interesting to kind of probe a little bit because of the nature of what we do. Yeah. Yeah. I guess I hadn't really, I hadn't thought about it too much about why do we hang on to the negative versus the positive. Uh, uh, I, I, I do know that when I was a kid, my grandmother uh, my grandmother always prayed I'd be a minister and I was like, no, and here I am in ministry. And also <laughs> you're going to preach. And I was like, no, and here I am preaching. And, um, but she was real big on God doesn't like a proud servant. Be humble, be humble, be humble, which is something important to hear. 
Um, the problem is the reverse of that happened, not knowing how to take compliments. Well, you know, fair enough. You go, uh, uh, someone gives you a compliment and you're like, praise God. That's the immediate (laughs) response. And they're like, Robin, it's okay to say, thank you. You know? Um, and so I think there's also in that, like, uh, we, we are taught how to deal with positive responses. At least I am, I was so that I don't get too puffed up. I don't know how to deal with negative, even though as a music major, you stand in front of your peers <laughs> and they criti- you have, um, you have to stand in front of called juries and yeah. number the, all the, the, I was a voice major. So all of them like criticize everything you did, even your clothing. Um, and <laughs> then you would stand in front of your peers once a week. And uh, it's like a studio class and you had to sing. And I was, I remember as a senior, like I'm singing advanced stuff and I have these freshmen who can't even like they're, they're struggling to pronounce the Italian mm. and they're like, maybe if you just took a little bit more breath here, you have no <laughs> idea what they're talking about, but you have to learn to take it. You have to go. Thank you for yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. And so I, I think there's, there's some wrestling in all of this, you know, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's hard to poor wretched soul that I am, you know, uh, I just, I, so I identify, I think, more as I with Paul in that, that um, I, I, I know the things I don't want to do. And those are the things that I do. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's fascinating. You talk about the um, time in, in music. We've got. Uh, I mean, that entire enterprise is performance based. Absolutely. Entire, the entire thing is performance based. And to have people sit there for the purpose, right, of critiquing you, I wonder, did those criticisms come better when they were from friends? Can you remember? Yes, they absolutely did. It, it's, um, I had a group of friends that we were very close, sang together all the time. They, we all were the the leaders in our particular sections and all that and criticism from them came a lot easier mm-hmm. than from somebody who some freshman, <laughs> yeah some freshman, <laughs> you know and you're just smiling wave boys you know yeah. but yeah that's 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 true it did come better from from friends yeah. even still i i can take criticism robin you said even like preaching robin you did this and you said this you know, one Sunday I made the mistake. I was off the cuff. I said something about, you know, that first year of marriage, I didn't really love my wife very much, which is not what I meant. <laughs> I was trying to talk about how there are times when you don't like your wife, but I said, I didn't love her instead of, I didn't like her. And so that was the biggest joke. And they all, one of my dear friends said, they gave me some criticism about that. And she said, you know, my wife was like, so you didn't love me that first year. Sorry. But, and, and I could take it and it didn't bother me. It didn't affect sure. me. Yeah. Uh, but if it had been a perfect stranger, I probably would not have reacted well. So, yeah. 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 And they would not have, uh, they probably would not have known all the time and effort and energy and stuff that you put into your craft, whether it's music performance or in preaching or something along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. That makes sense. Be gracious to others because you need them to be gracious to you. That feels like a very specific application of do unto others what you would have them do to you. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Absolutely. Number four. 
Yeah, what you put into your body, mind, and heart is what will come out. Um, that uh, I started at the beginning of this year. Um, I don't do New Year's resolutions because I break New Year's resolutions. I've never <laughs> been. Big, I've never been a big fan of those. But um, I, beginning of this year, decided to um, be very focused about what I put into my body. Okay. Uh, not only what I watch because I love. I love movies. I mean, obviously I've got star Wars posters behind me. I love the Lord of the Rings. Uh, you know, if there is a, a movie that involves uh, explosions, adventures and hobbits, like I am there for it. You know <laughs> um, I've, I've loved the Marvel stuff. My wife and I did a big old Marvel marathon from in order, you know, and it was wonderful. But what I find is that, I can consume things both in my mind, what I read, what I watch and what I eat. And those things are what those, that's what comes out. And so mm-hmm. like, for instance, first thing in the morning, if I grab my phone, turn off the alarm and I open Facebook or I open the news that will, yeah. that will totally control the narrative of my day. And it's been very interesting. So mm-hmm. now I, I wake up, I don't go on my phone, but I will wake up and I, I have, we have a little table and I just sit there in the mornings, drink my coffee. And I, I nerd out on some Hebrew for a little bit. Um, I've got a, my mom bought me this, it's the book of Psalms, but it's written in Hebrew and it's beautiful. It's oh, artistic. Cool. And so I will um, listen to it, listen to the Psalms read in Hebrew while I'm following along and just spend time just praying through that. And, you know, I may get on Facebook later on just to share, oh, I read this today and I'm in Exodus, read this today. This was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's in general, just that shift has made the rest of the day so much better. Um, what I'm watching on TV, if I'm watching the news, it tends to be very, you know, panic driven. Whereas right now mm-hmm. at the time of this recording, there is a gash, you know, the whole pipeline shut down and people up here in Northern Virginia, even though there's plenty of gas, they're going in panic mode to fill up their tanks. And it's just, you know, well, maybe I need to go get gas. And I'm like, you know, if you didn't have the news, you would have no clue and life would go on. Um, mm-hmm. But also I made a change in like my diet. Um, I wanted to be a good steward of the body that God gave me. And yeah. both my mind, my heart, my soul, my mouth. And so I just changed my eating habits and, you know, lost weight and gotten very much healthier. Um, and that has influenced even my service to God in my worship. Um, I'm not as worried about what I look like on the outside. Oh, is this shirt too tight or anything? You know, I, it's weird. And, you know, I, I, I laugh about it too. I was like, Oh man, I'm not feeling too good in this shirt today. I think I'll put on a coat, you know, and hide. And somebody said, Robin, you're so dressed up. And I was like, yeah, well, a sports coat covers over a multitude of sins, you know? <laughs> and, and, but what I found is that whenever I step away. I'm laughing so um, much because I literally do that. <laughs> I, we all I do, do that. Oh, we all do. I know we do. I do it too. I'm like, 
Uh, oh, I didn't iron my shirt today. Nobody needs to know I'm wearing a coat. <laughs> if I'm wearing a solid color, they won't see those uh, lines bulge out on my shirt. That's right. That's right. My granny used to say, you know, you preach better when you wear a tie. You know, I mean, it was like they had certain rules and superpower, and, man. Yeah, that's right. Like, dog, that, I forgot it. But it's um, but it's free. You know, it's, it seems like. Like, it really if is. I'm hearing you right, it, it seems it really like it's is. And, 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 you know, for me, it also is embracing the Shema, uh, mm. or as, you know, Scott McKnight would call it the Jesus Creed, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, <laughs> body, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. Um, and in doing that, man, it's just my mornings and have the shift in my morning affects mm. the rest of my day. Um, what I put into my body gives me energy and, um, and I feel good. I mean, and just, just a shift in all of those things. So it's just being intentional about that. And I'm not a big like fitness guy. I'm not going to be selling products, you know, on, on your podcast or anything like that. (laughs) It is really just a shift in my mind because I want to be healthy holistically, not for the glory of Robin, but for the glory of God. Yeah. And that, that, when I went into that mode, it became a spiritual discipline and that changed what I did. So I really like how you put it too. a minute ago, you described it as stewardship. It's like you have, you have been given this thing in this particular instance, your body, you've been given this thing. There are ways to use it that will generate the sort of God honoring good, the God honoring human flourishing that was prescribed for us all the way back in the garden, right? All the way back in the garden Mm -hmm. of Eden um, that became uh, cursed, tainted, perverted, corrupted, all these adjectives that we can use to describe sort of what happened to humans. Uh, And actually, you know, uh, Dr. Powell, Mark Powell from Harding School of Theology, a guy who is, uh, congratulations to him, right, for becoming a new dean of Harding School of Theology. Yes, that's wonderful. Uh, and uh, I think it's a great choice. I had to work so hard to earn my good grades in his class because <laughs> his stuff didn't come naturally to me. I worked hard in Greek, but Greek came a little bit more naturally for me. And so when some people were really struggling in Greek, I just had to work a little harder. Like I, just ha- I had to study maybe an extra 15 or 30 minutes rather than a whole weekend. It just, that's, that was me. Yeah. I wasn't that way with stuff like Dr. Powell, but something that he said that has always stuck with me is when he's talking about the curse of sin, he describes it as a pest. Sin is a pest and pest is an acronym, personal, ecological, social, and theological. So it strikes individuals. It strikes the earth. It strikes uh, humanity as a whole, and it cuts at our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. stewardship was built into the like you know, being good stewards was built there in the beginning and that still carries through through today that's one of the reasons why you know, occasionally in um you know, especially in paul's letters he'll he'll take shots at at gluttony because it's it's not good stewardship yeah. it is the most socially acceptable sin amongst preachers though like, yeah. is, is that fair it is fair. I, I And I think it's one of those things that we also don't talk about. 
because a lot of us struggle. It's easy to preach on the things that I don't struggle with. <laughs> it's a lot harder to preach on the things that I do. Yeah. And that, and that is a big deal. So I, I definitely yeah. think that's fair. Yeah. And Let me ask me, this. Was, go, go ahead. I was just going to say, you know, being as a, as a dad, um, I, I want my kids, I don't want to talk about being overweight or underweight, or I don't want to talk about physical appearance as much as about stewardship Mm -hmm. Um, because it's much more than just your food or what you watch. I mean, those things are important, but it's uh, seeing like you were talking about all the way from the garden, God gave Adam a role as a steward of creation. And we are that we still carry that. And I think there's an important place to play in that, that, um, I'm a steward of creation. I can't do a whole lot to save the wells. I mean, I guess I could, um, but I can definitely take care of my body. And it, I understand metabolisms are different and, sure. uh, yeah. and, you know, I get all of that, but take care of who you are right now. Um, and I can always do better. Yeah. Yeah. I did want to ask, does, was your time in campus ministry, did your time in campus ministry play a role in you seeing the great importance of this particular principle? Um, it did, but I, I didn't think about it as much. I look, I joined a gym when I was in campus ministry. Um, not because I was trying to get buff, but because I was trying to maintain. (laughs) There was a restaurant (laughs) called the fat cow that was right around the corner from our student center. And I took students, we went there all the time. They had amazing burgers and their shakes were pretty good. And, you know, you're not going to get away from there without at least eating your daily calorie intake all in one sitting. Sure. (laughs) And it was totally, totally worth it. But I got into it, but I wasn't thinking about um, this at the same as I was when I was nearing 40. Right. (laughs) So it was one of those things that went, I want to be around for my kids. I want to be healthy for my grandkids. Yeah. Um, I want my wife not to be. Uh, taking care of me um, as an invalid or I mean she Mm -hmm. totally would because she and I uh, made those promises at our vows but despite you not loving her very much in your first year (laughs) (laughs) oh oh my goodness (laughs) at least that's what I heard (laughs) yeah it was yeah I'm still uh, I I redeemed myself with Mother's Day but you know it's one of those I come from a family my dad had a stroke massive stroke probably 17 years ago Mm -hmm. and it really incapacitated him and still has and since that time he he didn't do physical therapy he didn't go get re his strength back and and that's been caused a great burden on on him it's in my and my mom and and i and he can't really play with the grandkids like he wants to or like he did with us and i just i don't want that and I know that I can't always, you can't always control those outcomes, sure. but yeah. at the same time, I do the best that I can. So campus ministry though, looking back at that, I'm going, man, I wish I would have done a lot of that then. Mm-hmm. I had a different mindset. I was also, you know, in campus ministry, having, my wife is having kids at the time and I was in grad school. So it was just, sometimes you needed some fat cow in your life. And for <laughs> me, it was too often. So yeah. Yeah. Well, and even too, to like help, help the students in the ministry realize like, Hey, y'all, it, it might be fun to, you know, to, to do this, to, to, it might be fun to engage in these self-destructive behaviors now, 
while you can still relatively quickly recover from that, but you're doing more than just physiological damage to your liver. You're training yourself to cope with problems in a certain way. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I really found also uh, there were a lot of those conversations. There was also one thing that I found because the generation that was in campus ministry when I was there was, I think at the time it was the first generation to have grown up in a world that, where there was always access to computers um, and the yeah. internet. And so one of the biggest things that we were dealing with was, um, was porn pornography and it wasn't just guys. There were girls as well. I taught a series of lessons from the life of David um, and just some of the different things that he dealt with. And we had this, I remember one semester when I taught that there was this explosion of people coming, uh, students saying, Robin, I'm wrestling with this. And it was not just guys. It was girls too. Now the girls, I was like, I have no capacity or ability to help you. So let me help you get you somebody who can walk yeah. with you. But, but finding that, um, you know, being able to help them see that, you know, when you look at those images, they don't leave, you know, eventually that stuff, that garbage will kind of disappear, but you'll be in settings and you'll see things and you don't, that you saw years ago and you don't want to see them or things that you saw recently, that they always come up and they not only are things that are going to show up, but they're affecting how your body reacts to real things. And and at the time there wasn't as much research, but now at the end of my tenure in campus ministry, that stuff was coming out Um, and organizations such as fight the new drug and some of those uh, they were really putting out information about, you know, that porn kills love. Mm-hmm. And so being able to use that to go, that, you know, you're putting that in your mind and it is corrupting you. It is deteriorating you. And, um, and it's, you may think it's harmless, but it's not. Yeah. So, and, and, and that's, that's, that's this is the word I was looking for earlier. That's a microcosm of all of these other things, you mm-hmm. know, a good, a good rack of ribs is awesome. I love smoking meat, but if that's all you put into your body, you know, without any balance into good things, yeah, that that eventually will deteriorate your body faster. So yeah, yeah. But I still think you should eat ribs. <laughs> We've got uh, it, it's actually a you know grilling season down here now. Well, it has been for like a month and a half because we've been in the. We've been in the 70s and the 80s since March. It's been great. Man. I love the way. Man, you came here. from and you were you were in Memphis for a while, which is like we were in Memphis heaven. for a while. Yeah, yeah. And so it, it's been it's been really neat because we have um, like I learned a little bit for, actually from Mark Powell, you know, about oh, yeah. about smoking ribs. So I, I've got his rib recipe, and man, when they're on, they're dynamite. They're delicious. Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, last thing that we've got on this list, we could p- unpack so much more, right? About you know, particularly pornography or generally rule four. But um, walk us through yeah. number five, if you don't mind. The more you learn, the more you realize how much you don't know. <laughs> Sounds like you've been in grad school. <laughs> yes, indeed. Oh man, uh, and, and all of this. I, I've said this several times, but it all fuels from my early years of ministry. I had no idea what I was doing. Mm-hmm. And I remember just respecting so many of these ministers and preachers from years past and thinking, 
you know, one day that's going to be great. And I'm going to, I'm going to be, you know, all knowledgeable and all these things. And what I found is I got out of grad school, which taught me how to research. Yeah. And I find out that I, there's so much, I just don't know. <laughs> um, and, and what I've noticed, I mean, my dad always used to say that when he was, uh, when he was young, he had a strong back and a weak mind. And now he's got a weak back and a weak mind that <laughs> because he would just say, the older you get, the more you find out how little, you know, and that's become true. I mean, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy <laughs> that um, I'm still learning and I'm still growing and it's okay to say, I don't know. Yeah. You know, there's, there's freedom in ministry to be able to go. I don't have a good answer for that. Let me think on that. Let's, let's explore that together. Um, yeah. Because when I was a kid, I, I will say that I had this perception that these ministers, these preachers had knew everything. And it was disheartening whenever you found out they said something that they probably shouldn't have answered. They should have went, that's a great question. I don't know. Mm-hmm. They gave an answer and then it was really horribly wrong. And you were like, what, what is going on? Yeah. These are the sages and they should know everything. And, you know, that wasn't necessarily their fault because we put them on a pedestal. And so I just think there's a humility in that to be able to go, I don't really know everything. Once again, it takes a wise man to know who he is and who he's not and to know the difference and be okay with that. So I'm, that's where I'm at. And there's so much more to learn, so much more to grow. And what's funny is that now that I'm, I mean, I'm four, almost five years out of grad school, be five years this May of getting my uh, master's from HST. And like, I've never been more hungry to learn Mm. because I, I mean, I wish I'm like, wish I could been this hungry when I was in grad school, been as motivated, right? Right. But I'm just growing and learning. And I'm like, maybe I should go for another degree. And my wife (laughs) sitting back there doing no, but I, I'm just like, man, I have no idea what I'm doing. And I've been doing this 16 plus years like this is awesome it's just i don't know it's just humbling and so there's always more to learn and you always realize how much you don't know yeah at the risk of putting you on the spot here what are a couple of go-to resources you've really been digging into the last few years you mentioned the bible project earlier i think that's a good one that's one that i would definitely you know wholeheartedly recommend yeah there's um, one thing that I've really appreciated, I, social media has its positives and its negatives, and sometimes the negatives outweigh the positives. Mm-hmm. Um, but being a part of a community online, not where you're trying to correct the wrongs of, of the church, but be able to ask questions and doctrine uh, about doctrine has been helpful. That's not my number one resource. The Bible Project is fantastic. Yeah. But I think also... Um, there's several great podcasts out there. Um, you know, I've appreciated your podcast because I get to hear from voices that I've heard of, or I know who's sharing their ministry experience and different mm-hmm. things. Um, but there are other podcasts out there. Uh, Dr. Michael Heiser, um, heard of his, yeah. his, uh, the Naked of his Bible Project. Uh, I think the Naked Bible Podcast. Um, he is tremendous when it comes to the Old Testament. I really have appreciated Tim Mackey of the Bible Project. Um, I love N.T. Wright. 
Tom Wright has been uh, yeah very wonderful for. I mean, I enjoyed him. In, I've been in um, a fan of his writing for a number of years, but um, his some of he's provided recently. They've done a lot of like teaching videos, um, mm-hmm. and their classes essentially is what they are. But um, I've used them for like a small group setting. And it's just been wonderful. I've just grown so much through some of that. Um, and, you know, there are some online resources that are free. I mentioned the Bible right. Project. One, mm-hmm. Another one is blueletterbible.org. It's just free. Yeah. And, you know, you don't have to know the language. I know that we, are all, we, we always need to make sure that we say, if you haven't really studied Greek or Hebrew, be careful about saying, this is what this means, because... Yeah. Lang- the language isn't like if it is apple it means apple well it may have a different ending and you know be care- careful with that but blue letter bible provides free resources for its commentaries it does give interlinear study um where at least we'll put it in a context and give you um a little bit of the grammar but there has there that's a really great resource out there of course there's a ton more but sure. those are the ones that i use a lot yeah um, but it's amazing what you can find with podcasts nowadays, mm-hmm. um, uh, being able to, um, put something in your ear and just listen to people wrestling with a biblical text and draw things out, listen to scholars. And, um, you know, that is, that's been really good for, for me. And sometimes it's things that I remember in grad school, I think it was, uh, uh, Dr. Philip McMillan, who was my old Testament professor mm-hmm. and him saying, you know, sometimes the things you learn here, you don't want to go and bring to your congregation because <laughs> it's not helpful, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, but he would always say, you're you're trying to make sure people's faith is in the God of the book. It's not in the book. The book is the divine revelation that reveals God and his work in the world. Right. But make sure that you're pointing people to God. Make sure you're pointing people to Jesus. Right. And um you know, I think there, there's so many great resources out there to do that. Um, yeah. And there are a lot of there are a lot of voices that are outside. And I mentioned N.T. Wright, Tim Mackey, but there's a lot of voices outside of our fellowship that are wonderful. And the thing is, listen to a lot of different voices and mm-hmm. then do your own study. Discern what 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 is profitable, what is what is good, what can I gain from this? That's yeah. that's really helpful. So. Yeah. I, I like a lot of the resources that you've mentioned um, because of my own personal interaction with those. Um, I mean, I remember Blue Letter Bible. I was using, I think I was using their app back in the day before I even had, before I even had an, an iPhone, I just had an iPod touch and like I could pull it up because at that point I didn't have, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of dollars poured into the Bible study software that I use where like all of the books above me on this shelf up here, I have now on my phone. Yeah. Like my phone or iPad. I just pull it up. I've got all that stuff there. And some of the books uh, over here on the other side of my headphones, like I, I've got a lot of that stuff, but <clears throat> Blue Letter Bible was a great way to you know, be able to dig into some of that and have ready access to some of those original texts. Yeah. Um, one thing that I would uh, not add because of some deficiency, but uh, I would mention because I think you would affirm this also. It's especially helpful if you know you're a church member and you're you're curious about you know is this a good resource. 
ask your minister. I mean, part of our yeah. job, I think, it's sort of an implied part of our job is to kind of be aware of what's out there to some degree, mm -hmm. to be aware of what's out there, maybe to do a small degree of vetting to know it's like, here's some folks that if I sent you to like Bible Project or NT Ride or something like that, they might come to some slightly different conclusions on some things that we would, but generally what I can check of their research, of their presentation, stuff like that, I, I can affirm that this stuff is good stuff. Um, yeah. Having somebody, like having, you know, your minister or other folks kind of communally say, yeah, this these are good recommendations. I think that really goes a long way. Absolutely. In helping some folks, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I have a... Um, a trio of friends who were on Marco Polo. Um, yeah, and, <laughs> I just and, recently got that a couple of months ago. It's been fun. Oh, it's it's a lot of fun and it's great. And I'll get a polo. Hey, Robin, heard this today. Da, da, da. What do you know about this? You know, and and have you heard of this person? And I'm like, no, I haven't. So I get their book and I read it, which is also something that I wish I'd done in grad school more. I didn't read. <laughs> I hated reading because I had forced to do it. Mm -hmm. Now I can't put books down. I'm like, yeah. In fact, my I'm, I actually understand why a library card is useful. Um, before <laughs> I was like, I get books and I just kept having to extend it because I never read them. Um, but it's it's in doing that, that they come and ask questions and it's good for me. It helps me grow, but it also I'm able to speak into that. But you're right. I think part of our job is is a, a huge part of our job is equipping the saints and mm -hmm. it is helping to. Um, Yes, we want to edify the church, but it's also equipping them to grow on their own and to uh, walk in those moments. So, yeah. Yeah. Robin, I really appreciate your time today with us, brother. This has been a lot of fun. Um, maybe in, maybe when you hit 50, let's do another. Uh, <laughs> let's do one before then, right? But uh, yes. maybe, As the snowball hit... continues to roll downhill. <laughs> well, <laughs> Tor towards that grave <laughs> those black balloons on it yeah um no but this is this has been a lot of fun i enjoyed getting to dig through this list with you and uh i i think it's a good exercise really for folks to be able to look back and reflect and, and say okay if i were to do it all over again here's some principles that i wish i had known and committed to and were and was motivated to uh, to operate with uh, during those uh, during those early years, this has been a fun list. Um, any any last uh, final word before we wrap up today? No, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I know this was um, maybe a little longer than you were expecting. It's, you know, it's always better to have more material you can edit it <laughs> out. But um, you know, there. I think the biggest thing that what this list does at least for us ministers and especially those who are young in ministry mm -hmm. is it's okay to be human. Um, that your trust is not in you. It's in God. And uh, it's about humility. We all yeah. need it. And that goes a long way in the mission of, of the church. So yeah, that's, that's yeah. kind of where I am with all of these things. Um, and more of Jesus and a lot less of me would be great for the whole world. Amen. <laughs> Amen. All right, Robin. Thank you, brother. Take care. Yeah, man. All right. All right.